Hello, and welcome to the Brand Licensing Podcast. Are you looking to launch a licensed product or curious about the ins and outs of royalty rates and commissions? Want to hear firsthand from industry experts and leaders in licensing? You're in the right place. I'm your host, President of IMC Licensing, Emily Randalls. Here at the Brand Licensing Podcast, we're your one-stop shop for all things licensing. From best practices to the nitty-gritty of agreements and deal terms, we've got you covered. Want to learn more? Keep listening. You won't want to miss today's episode. Hi, Lauren. Welcome to the Brand Licensing Podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you today and to have you on as our guest. So yeah, thanks for joining us. Totally. Same. Likewise. Today, we're speaking with Lauren Conlon. She is the VP of Licensing and Merchandising at Loaded. And I'm so excited to talk with her about gaming and licensing. And to be perfectly honest, I've built my career in licensing, but I, and I've heard so much about gaming and how much it's growing, but I really don't know much about how deals work. And so I'm, I'm very excited to learn from you today, the ins and outs of gaming licensing and just get your experience on deals. But before we do that, can you give us just a little bit rundown of your background and your resume and kind of a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. Actually, before I dive into that, I want to take a step back because sometimes people say like gaming licensing and stuff. And and I want to like clearly define like what I do. So Loaded is a, you know, a a gaming management uh, company. So we focus on the creators that are in the gaming space. And when it comes to gaming creators, there are really two different types, right? Like you have the like professional, like athlete, quote unquote, like the pro gamers, and then you have the content creators. So we really focus solely on the content creators in the gaming space. So just that little caveat, because I think gaming such a huge industry, right? And a lot of people don't really realize that there's like little details like that that really divide us up. But to tell you more about my background, I actually started off in more of the traditional licensing space. Like my first job was at Brand Central. A uh, shout out to Ross Mischer. <laughs> he was a he's a great boss and a great teacher. And I was really working on mostly corporate brands, some pop culture brands, but but way more traditional license stuff. During my time there, I uh, started getting really into bloggers. This was before Instagram, like bloggers, you know, you'd go and you'd check out like for me, I was into fashion bloggers. So like I would go and check out like outfit inspo that like people I liked posted every day. And I was like, gosh, you know, there has to be some sort of market for this, right? At that point, influencers, you know, bloggers were really starting to become more and more popular. And I mean, I was looking to these, you know, women as like inspiration for my outfits. Like I was buying product based off of what they were wearing. To me, it just seemed like a no brainer to go into uh, licensing with them. So while I was at Brand Central, I signed Cupcakes and Cashmere which was a huge win. Uh, She, to this day, has a very successful apparel uh, license line. We did some home product. I think we did some paper products and stuff, but it, it it was a blast. And it was really a testament, I'd say, to the power of the influencer. And then after Brand Central, I ended up going to NBC Universal. I got a great offer there and I had never really worked on the licensor side. So I really wanted to gain some of that experience. And I worked with some really incredibly talented people, a lot of people from Disney. So it really set me up for success, I guess you could say, in terms of how to like forecast and how to be like a true category manager. 
And then from there, I actually got an opportunity to work for Digital Brand Architects and their product division, uh, Digital Brand Products. And that actually came, again, through my work with Cupcakes and Cashmere and uh, Emily Schumann, who is Cupcakes, uh, her relationship with Raina, who's the CEO of DBA. And I really just wanted to get back into the creator space. So I was there for like two and a half years, and we really put creator brands on the map like something navy and all of her fashion line, more, again, cupcakes and cashmere and expanding her into footwear and paper products. And we had really interesting conversations with QVC, with Target, with Williams-Sonoma, launching programs with all of those people. It was a really exciting time. And, you know, I think there's something to be said that's really cool about the creator space in general. Social media gives people a platform and a voice that traditionally they didn't have. So there was something really exciting about like going into a space and working with these creators who maybe traditionally prior to the advent of social media, like just didn't have a voice, didn't have an audience. So it was really cool to be like part of that and and to be working with people who now I'd say were probably more so on the level of like a traditional celebrity, but at the time they were still like very much so up and coming and, and really, uh, really moving the industry in an interesting way. Then when I was, uh, when I was at DBA, like everything was moving and shaking, things were great. I saw a huge white space in the gaming industry. And I had been, you know, looking at it for a while. My fun fact, my husband was actually a, a professional video game player, like way back in the day. He won like a World Series of video games. So I, I had always been on the periphery a little bit of the gaming space. And then an opportunity came with Loaded and I was so excited. They were really like the first management company in the space, like representing a lot of gaming creators. So I took the job as the head of licensing and have been here a little over, or I guess it's about a year and a half. But yeah, it's it's been super exciting working on really cool projects like Ninja, Shroud. We have a lot of really, really cool, highly talented clients. Yeah. So say more again. I mean, I know nothing other than that there's gaming and licensing and, and video game. So like when you say a creator, mm -hmm. are they people that are creating the games or they playing the games like how to describe that a little bit more for me there are multiple streaming platforms for gaming creators so you know twitch is probably like the most well-known platform for it and then you have like youtube gaming you have facebook gaming uh you you used to have a platform called mixer rip but but these platforms are all ways for creators to broadcast their content Sometimes it's it's just them talking to their audience. Sometimes it's them playing games. It just really depends on the creator and their audience and and really what their what their niche is. So how does Loaded as an agency work with those creators? Like who are your clients and how is deal structure? Right. So we're actually and I, I think this is probably like a, a difference between like the licensing world and the management world, but I'm always cautious. We're not an agency. We are a management company, like traditional management. So we we work with our creators in a bunch of different ways. I'd say like our most like core competencies are like 
you know, promotional work. We recently did a really cool partnership with like Amazon Studios for Borat and one of our clients, Dr. Lupo, and he interviewed Borat on stream. So that that's like one area that we work in. And then we also, uh, you know, licensing what I do. So like, you know, putting together partnerships and collaborations for a lot of our talent. So like Shroud and Logitech was a deal that we came out with a couple months ago that was really exciting. And then publisher relationships. This is really like our bread and butter working with various game publishers and making sure like our talent have the opportunity to play those games first as part of like a, you know, promotional strategy. So like Cyberpunk's about to come out on December 10th, I think. The publisher comes to us and works with us to put together the right mix of talent to support that game. Lastly, we also have a content creation team. So we work on both like original content and then also like in an advisory capacity for our talent as far as like creating content, especially on like the platforms I mentioned, and then like how to monetize that content on other platforms. That's a space that we provide a lot of value for the people on our roster. So the creators are your clients. Are you paid by just fees or do they or do you get commissions? So typically, you know, licensing is very much commission driven, as you know, I'm just curious on how that works for the deals that you guys are working on for them? Yeah. I mean, super traditional, like any other management company, right? We bring our, our talent deals. They they say yes, they say no. And, and then we go ahead and, and proceed with them. So not anything out of the ordinary, I guess you'd say. What are some of the types of companies that are coming to you and types of partnerships that you're doing for your clients? You know, it varies. I will say it's really interesting comparing and contrasting this with my experience at like DBA and DBP. Mm-hmm. Like five years ago, working with like fashion beauty influencers, five, six years ago, you were just starting to get CPG companies interested. You were just starting to get a lot of big players understanding the value. People were shifting ad spend into creators in, in a, or really influencers, I guess at that point they were called in a more interesting way. I'd say over the past like couple years, especially with the advent of COVID, you have a lot of people looking at the gaming space in in a more serious way and shifting ad spend proportionately. So it's really cool. I'd say I'd say this year a lot more like CPG type brands have been getting into the streaming space. You know, you have a lot of these big companies who've been supporting, you know, traditional like esports uh, for a long time. And that's frankly outside my wheelhouse. I don't really know that that space too well. But in the creator space, things are definitely picking up. And it's been really cool to to see the amount of growth that we've had this year alone. I really resonate with your, the work that you did with DBA and the influencers. And so that that makes a lot of sense for me. And I feel like that's very a female driven, for the most part, demographic and market. Who are your clients like speaking to, like in terms of markets, I guess it would vary probably drastically, but can you give us some examples? Yeah, it's really cool. I, one of the things that like really drew me to Loaded and that I still really appreciate, you know, gaming, like you said, I came from like a super female driven space and then went into a space that my preconceived notion was like, it was just going to be all dudes. And what was cool about Loaded was we have a very diverse roster of super talented people. So every audience is very different. They're all playing different games. They're all speaking to different people. So like Shroud, who's one of our top creators, 
he's the biggest FPS, so like first person shooter creator that we have. And someone like him has a super different audience than Chica, who's who's a newer streamer on our roster. She's bilingual. She has a more female audience. She's really interested in the fashion space. You know, you have someone like Jordan Fisher, who's a Netflix star, right? Like he's a traditional actor. He was on Broadway earlier this year. So someone like him is just using his platform in a very different way. So it's really cool that we get to work with so many different types of people speaking to different types of audiences. And I also feel like because more diverse backgrounds are getting into gaming, especially now that we're all at home all the time, you have more women, you have more people of color. And as an agency, it's very important to us that our talent and and the way that we work with talent is reflective of of how we how we see the the gaming space looking overall. That's so interesting. And one question as you kind of talked through that that popped up for me is, are these international deals or international audiences or is it more regional in terms of U.S. and different based on where you live? Um, I'd say it's a mix of both when it comes to from like a global perspective. When we look at other markets, Latin America or Europe, especially you have a growing market, right? A lot of like the top, when you look at the biggest, like top five people on Twitch, they have audiences all over the world. From my experience, we're doing deals pretty globally. But yeah, just it totally depends on the creator. What are some things that people should be looking out for or considering with doing when doing a deal with a creator, a gaming creator? I have to say like, there are two things that really pop up. If I were on the licensee or retailer side and giving someone advice, if they were interested in getting into into gaming creators, I, I would say the biggest, biggest thing is to, to make sure that you are aligned with the talent or the, the agency that you're working with to make sure you're aligned on content creation. The amount of times that there has been like miscommunication, misunderstandings around what the creator is actually able to do has been, you know, way too frequent. Unfortunately, I think I think a lot of um, a lot of people come into gaming and they assume that a lot of our creators are, are similar to like a YouTuber. And and they just aren't. They're very different types of content creators. Someone on our roster is being recorded like 12 hours a day. They're not, you know, they're not editing. They're not creating content in the same way. They're just very different. So so making sure that like your goals are aligned around content creation is very key. And I'd say the second piece to that is, you know, understanding what platforms are going to be key for any sort of program promotion. Some gaming creators are only on Twitch and that's it. And maybe they have like a, a Twitter account. But making sure you understand like how you're going to promote the uh, the product line is really, really important because sometimes they don't have Instagram, right? In the case that that comes around, like what's the second best platform? And making sure you have the data and analytics to back it up with engagement rates, conversion, like really understanding what's going what's gonna to work from a promotional standpoint. Mm-hmm general best practices in any deal, but I could see where specifically with this, that that's really important. People assuming that they can do things that aren't technology-wise capable of, or just not understanding how, how things work. So that 
sounds like it would be really important. Mm -hmm. What is one of the best partnerships you've worked on or put together? Something that you're just like, wow, that was amazing or perfect. It's like picking a favorite child. Um, <laughs> no, I I would say working with Ninja this last like year and a half and bringing him to retail was incredibly exciting. He was really like the first gaming creator to cross over into like the more traditional licensing space. You know, Shroud and Logitech's deal that that came out about uh, two months ago that was super exciting for me too. We were able to partner basically two best in class brands like right like shroud being the number one fps creator and then logitech g being a premier like peripheral brand and that stuff gets me really excited like bringing together partners with aligning principles like shroud is the best and every partnership we bring to the table for him needs to align with that story so being able to partner the right brands with the right creators is the the real secret sauce and the fun stuff for me And that kind of leads me into a question about relationships. So we have found with our CPG and more traditional licensing deals that it's really relationship driven. Even if you have a great idea, if the companies don't have an internal alignment and aren't communicating well, then the product probably isn't going to be as successful as it could be. So we really, really stress the importance of connecting with your partner and treating them as a partner and not just as a licensee that's, that's writing you a check. And I'm assuming just based on those two examples that you just gave that that relationships are probably a pretty important piece of this puzzle as well. Can you speak to that at all? Yeah, I mean, I'd say relationships, at least at least like from from my experience, they've been kind of everything leaving the traditional licensing space and going into like influencers at a time when people didn't really know what that business would look like and how successful it would be. There's definitely some licensees and retailers who took a chance on me. And frankly, we built really great businesses together. So luckily, uh, through I'd say those like strong relationships that I had, uh, people were more willing to take risks and, and to trust me more than someone who just maybe contacted them out of the blue and gave them a cold pitch. But, you know, if you're working with uh, trusted colleagues who've like found success with you in the past, it just makes the process so much easier. And I imagine like your relationships with the, the content creators as well is, you know, really important. So understanding them and understanding where their brand is and where their lines are so that you're pulling the right partnerships or bringing them the right partnerships and the right deals is probably also key. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, from working with our creators, like they are the bread and butter of our business. Like I I would have nothing if it wasn't for like the awesome platforms and audiences that they've cultivated. And and my job, <laughs> I tell them this all the time, like I work for them, you know, like I, I am here to to help them grow their businesses and and to really like accentuate like the hard work they've put in and creating like another revenue stream. So that way, you know, they're they're not dependent solely on like their twelve hours of streaming revenue. Like how can we turn a profit for them while they sleep, you know? And it's really cool to work with people, you know, because you uh, you watch their lives change. You watch, you know, them grow up. It's it's just it's it's a really cool uh, relationship to to build with them. Before we go on and tackle the next question, I'm going to pause so we can hear a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by Brainbase. 
Brainbase is a technology platform that helps brands manage and monetize their intellectual property. The current platform, Assist, helps brands track their legal contracts, sales, royalties, creative and product approvals, files, analytics, and so much more. Additionally, they're working on launching a new service, Marketplace. Marketplace will allow you to showcase your brand and discover new opportunities from a global network of prospective partners. We use Brainbase Assist program to manage and track licensing programs for our clients. We love the analytics and reporting tools and are excited about the new royalty reporting features they're rolling out. Check it out if you're looking for an online management tool for your program. We've linked to their site in our show notes. Now back to our show. What's an area ripe for picking that you that people aren't considering for your content creators? Like, And it sounds like you have a great vision for what could be. So I'm really interested to hear what you're thinking of as the next big thing. I think that the gaming licensing space, really like gaming creator space, I think we're a little like maybe a year behind on technology, frankly. Like I think the future of what gaming creator licensing will be is figuring out how to gamify product, if that makes sense. So our creators are on a a live stream, right? Being able to take that live stream format and making it shoppable in a reimagined way. Taobao does the live stream shopping, but like how can we translate that to gaming and make it fun, right? How can we take a chat bot or take a chat and like drop secret product in there? You're starting to see like I know Shopify has been working on some plugins like you're, you're seeing stuff come out technology wise, but we're not quite there yet. But I believe once once we're there, it's going to be a complete game changer for gaming creators. I kind of similarly how I I'm an Instagram user. And so that's kind of my my main channel for social. And like when it was like shop now, when they added that little feature and you just swipe up and shop and like as a consumer, that is very easy for me to get sucked in and to quickly and easily make that purchase. As a marketer, I'm like, that is brilliant. And I can imagine kind of game changing in terms of being able to turn ROI for those programs and those influencers. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I definitely bought Hanicure off of Instagram ads. They're they're really good at targeting. And I, I see that being the future for streaming gaming creators, for sure. That's That's where the audience is. That's where they're already subscribing and spending money by following their favorite creators. Having some sort of point of purchase directly on the stream is the logical next step. You've touched on this a little bit, but like has COVID, how has COVID impacted your deals and deal flow? You know, it's been interesting. So I would say that it's increased like non-traditional deal flow for sure. (laughs) If someone would have told me back in January that I'd be launching over 10 merch stores for creators, I probably would have been like, no way, really. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, like the pivot has been great. Frankly, our talent has really enjoyed the process. We're able to like sit down and figure out what sort of drop they want, like what kind of products they want in the mix, like doing a lot more hands-on stuff so that way they understand the product space. And and that's been frankly like super valuable, right? Like especially before they they move into more traditional licensed goods to really understand how a product comes to be has been really valuable. So Do CPG companies come to you to Loaded to say, I want to do a partnership with one of your creators? Yes. I I would say that 
And this is probably more of a sponsorship conversation and I don't handle our sponsorships, but I can speak to from a licensing perspective. We have companies reach out to us directly all the time. And then vice versa, then do you also go and come up with an idea and then go solicit a company on behalf of one of your creators? Yes, yes. We solicit retailers, we solicit brands. You know, I I always like to tell up and coming creators, people we work with, and, and frankly, this is probably good advice for any brand that wants to collab with another brand. But like, if you have an organic connection with them on Instagram, you're engaging with them or on so- whatever social platform you want to use, that's usually the best vehicle for sparking a conversation around some like type of partnership. So we see that happen a lot too, where it's just super organic. They have a good working relationship with the brand and we just take it to the next level. Ah, huh, perfect. Interesting. I know we just talked about technology being a little bit behind and in that playing a role in the near future, but where do you see this going in the next five to 10 years? So I've been, I've been a pretty big believer in the long tail theory, I think. And just in case anyone doesn't know, it's, it's this idea that like, you know, long-term everything's going to become smaller, more specialized from like a brand perspective. So I, you know, you're seeing this already with Old Navy's success over Gap and like Aerie doing so well under American Eagle. I think like these sub brands or like smaller brands are really where the dollars are going. And I think creators are going to continue to grow their businesses and become savvier and own the retail experience for themselves especially looking at a year of COVID and like a merch explosion, right? Like everyone wants to own their shopping experience. So I think, I think COVID's really maybe even accelerated it to, to occur before the next five years. But I, I do think that how we define a small business, especially in the retail space, is going to be driven mostly by creators in the not so distant future. If people want to find you online or connect with you, what's the best way to do that? I would say that they could follow me on Twitter, Instagram. I'm at Lauren underscore Conlin underscore, or just shoot me an email. My email address is Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N at loaded dot G-G. And yeah, just shoot me a note. Great. Okay. Well, I think that's all my questions and really better understand kind of what you guys are doing and what these content creators are building. So I can't wait to kind of go check out some of this stuff. And I just really appreciate you joining us today for the podcast. Yeah, no, thanks. It, it was really fun. And like, yeah, the gaming creator space is new, but I, I think in the next couple of years, we'll, we'll see a, a pretty large shift in people following it a little closer. So I appreciate the time. Thanks for tuning in to the Brand Licensing Podcast. Make sure you click that subscribe button so you don't miss our next episode. Until next time.